Mic check, mic check, one, two, one, two. Is this on? Is this recording? We're back with another episode of Do Rags and Degrees. And as always, this is not a space for what? Respectability politics. I know that's right. Look at y'all actually paying attention. And for those of you who need a reminder that blackness is not what? A monolith. I know that's right once again. Allow us to reintroduce ourselves. Only business I pay attention to is the business that pays me. I am Carl Blevins. Reading is fundamental, but before you try to read me, cite your sources. And I am Jordan Broyles. It's hard being a king, so just leave the crown where it belongs. As you know, I'm Jordan. They call Chicago the second city, but with my arrival, it's sure to become the first. It's Jermaine Thomas the second. How we feeling, y'all? How we feeling? You know, today's been a long day, but how we feeling? I'm doing wonderful. Happy Monday evening. Um, we are in the night, recording this currently in the night of the Met Gala, so my heart is warmed. I am very much pleased. I live for fashion. I live for media and TV and award shows and things. So I am having a great time. Name one person who do you think had the outfit for the night? Oh, Yara Shahidi, hands down. Okay. Yep, yep. And if, if I had to, for me, like a number two would definitely be Lil Nas X, but that's biased. But my unbiased self is saying Yara Shahidi. Mm-hmm. All right, Carl, how you feeling? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I woke up. Black Jesus woke me up this morning to um, Michael Kilgore. He um, released this new song. Uh, I think it's called um, um, The Man in the Barbershop or The Man in the Barbershop. And I think I'll probably play it about 60 times today. So I'm going to hide from just listening to that. All right. Miss Jordan, how we feeling? I miss Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Uncle Girl. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about it. Talk about it. <laughs> use your words mm. and use them clearly.
Not y'all. Not y'all broke. Can't even afford. Can't pay for y'all air conditioning. And I we think, thank God. Yeah. We thank God for what work from home has opened up our eyes yes. to new realities. Yes. And what we can wear and what is deemed professional and not professional. Cause thank God. Ocasio Cortez, girl AOC, you're. Hmm. Hmm. Love it. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know if I agree with that because I think that she knew that that's what she was doing. Damn. No, it's, it's not as good. It's not as spicy. No, she couldn't. Nobody would have gave a fuck about it. They would have. I think they would have. The way the social media, I think the way the social media moved, you know, her name, her social cap, cultural and social capital, definitely would have. It would have made a statement, either or. However, comma, I think back to what Carl said. I think um, virtual working from home has definitely like opened my eyes to like a lot of the shit that I now I have to go back in the office. I'm like, damn, I have to really deal with this again. Or, like, deal with it. I have to put on clothes. I mean, yeah, put on clothes. But I still think there should be a still level of presentation. But, like, a full-blown suit. And it's hot. You know? It's hot. I don't know if it used to be this hot back in the day. But it's hot now. And wearing a suit on campus, it ain't it ain't what it is. So, yeah. <laughs> it is all rooted in whiteness. And I just want to be comfortable. Wearing a t-shirt, some slats, and call it a day. True. True. Thinking about <laughs> stuff that really should just be eradicated altogether um, and actually is a part of what makes this episode special. So congratulations, listeners. You get a treat today. Um, I have recently been introduced to this new brand called Think Big. And this brand um, really does aim to de... What's the word? Like destigmatize cannabis culture and to also support those who have been criminalized because of cannabis. They're a new brand uh, or a moderately new brand and Think Big is actually created by Biggie Son, um, CJ Wallace, who um, I've come to find is a really, really cool guy that has really big visions for what um, he thinks the future of cannabis could look like. So that's my get you hit for this week, y'all. Check out that brand, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, working, working with like legislators, well, between legislators and um, just certain people who create policy to um, decriminalize it, and then also working with companies to like hire those who do have some of the work. You know, but yeah, y'all should yes. check them out. <laughs> no, yeah, and I, I love that your motherfucking get you hip was about weed, because girl, that's what we finna talk about, right? Weed? Yes, yes, that's what, what, what we about to talk about. So y'all, we about to hop into this interview that we did with our special guest, Tyler, 
who is uh, working in the fucking marijuana business. So keep listening. All right, we, loud, Mary Jane, gas, dang, <laughs> reefer, pot, the devil's lettuce. All of these names re refer to the plant known as marijuana. We know her, some of us love her, but onto the important info, this plant contains over 400 chemicals, but the one that people acknowledge the most is THC. This psychoactive compound produces a wide array of positive and negative side effects. And we all know someone who smokes this plant. Despite the plant being used recreationally in some states, nationally it still has yet to be legalized. And also, the market for cannabis is beginning to bud. So considering the likelihood of its legalization changing within the near future, we wanted to have this conversation today. So for this episode, we just decided to discuss this plant, cannabis nature, and certain hypocrisies or information that has begun to plague our flawed system. So I want to take a moment to welcome our special guest, Tyler, who hails from OKC, and he works with a company called Sap Extracts, which is a fully integrated marijuana business. So we're super excited to have someone who sees the, the business side of this all very clearly and to then add some of that point of view to this discourse. So thank you for joining us today, Tyler. Appreciate you guys for having me. Whoop, whoop. Of course. Yes, <laughs> yes. We love it. We love it. Welcome, welcome. So just so we can start this conversation off on a good base, I want to ask, how do you define cannabis culture? Let's see. I'll say a good time, uh, good vibes, positive vibes, um, as well, you know, using uh, for medicinal uses as well. So I feel like it's, it, it ties in everything. It's, it's music, it's culture as well. Um, and it's, and you know, it's involved in a lot of people's lives. So um, I think it's just an easy way to as well, just to, like I said, be positive and bring people together as well. I think that's the most important part. That's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> so I actually um, can go ahead and admit, Tyler, that I am 420 friendly and I just so happen to be practicing as we speak. Hey, um, I think that it is a beautiful thing. I think that um, more people would be a lot happier. They would be very happier if they um, did this plan. So I thank you for doing your work. But what's sure. for it? Um, <laughs> So I actually have a question for you. Um, and this actually just came off of the dome. Um, first, assuming, do you smoke cannabis? Uh, yes, yeah. I've been smoking okay. for a cool minute, so. <laughs> okay. So some people, whenever they get into this high state that THC can give you, um, they might think about different things. They might come up with some new insights about the world or like, think that come to this just brave new understanding has that ever happened for you and if so what has that experience been i mean yeah i mean because you're smoking i mean i guess it really depends on on each person but i mean for me um i like to be more of in you know coming home and enjoying it 
um, rather than being hot, high all day. So I come home, I'm relaxing, I'm, I'm in my thoughts. I might be DJing because I do DJ as well. Um, I might just be thinking about, you know, creative mixes I can make or even other, you know, businesses, you know, type of things that I want to do. So it definitely gets, for me, it puts me on a more relaxing, uh, creative level um, as far as like mentally and, and, and thinking about things. <clears throat> I wonder, because um, I, I have those same experiences in terms of allowing it to just give me a space where I feel cool. I feel relaxed. I feel good. I wonder, does everyone else like have those the same experiences? I mean, do we all smoke? Like, all the hosts? Yes, no. I do, not. <laughs> I do not. Oh, wow. Is there a particular reason why you don't smoke? Yeah, I do. I feel like this is a targeted question, um, but I'll answer it. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I mean, we, we've all seen, well, most of us have seen what happens when I do um, indulge, and it is not a great time for my heart or myself, but um, it just don't do anything for me other than, like, make me really anxious and really nervous and feel like my heart's going to beat on my chest, but I don't really get the, the nostalgic purposes and the... Mm-hmm advantageous purposes for me mm, period and we respect that yeah no really and understand i do too you know it's, it's not for i mean everybody doesn't smoke right so it's like i mean you know some not to get off topic but like some liquor might not be from for another person right so it's like cannabis is not for some other people which is fine so i respect that as well that do say I can't fool with that dude. Know <laughs> you know, it's the bottle for me. Like once I see a bottle do say, I'm like, no, I just get that away from me. I don't yeah, want it. Out. Right? Yeah, you know what it is. Yeah, you know how I feel about do say. I they call me do say poppy. You know? Yeah, this so, is Exhibit A. This is Drake, <laughs> boy. If you don't. So, cool. but I will say for me in my house, I do enjoy the cannabis quite often and I, I definitely feel the idea that it like releases because for me like I like to do a lot of creative things like you know one of those things is this podcast is a very creative thing like we're making media content creating right now so I have this I have like a blog and I like to read and I like to write and I think like when I am like high it releases a lot of the anxieties that I have around what um, people will think about what I'm doing and just kind of allows me to go forth and just do them because all yeah. these ideas really live in my head all the time but mm-hmm. it's the societal pressures that you know overlaps me you know shame is always there always trying to like compare you to others and stuff like that so like working through that with marijuana is much easier and I like once those fingers get to typing on that laptop, like you okay, can't beat it. get to work in. You can't beat it. <laughs> that's a vibe. That's just a that's team for you. <laughs> no, and that's that's funny. So I actually don't like sativas. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm very much prone to headaches, and a lot of sativas have like you know headaches is a part of the side effects. that's mm. you know listed. I I'll be on like Leafly and like shit like that or whatever. But yeah. it's like it's listed, you know, like headaches is very is often in sativas. And like I smoke for a, a little bit to get away from the headaches that I get often. So like I would hate to smoke a weed that always leaves me with a headache. It's like the reverse effect. Yeah, that's I mean, that's fair. That's why they have, you know, indica, sativas and hybrids. You know, it's like I said, you know, sound for everybody. Yeah. So I'm not more. 
it put me to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't beat that either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting. I, I love that we, we're all comfortable in conversion about cannabis and we Mary Jane, all these things. But I wonder what are some of the internal things that we had to unpack and unlearn as we consume the products, right? You know, we as black people, we have an interesting relationship with cannabis and we due to the, the you know criminalization of black folks. So Tyler, my question for you, and we talked about this on a personal level, but like getting into the industry, what are some things that you had to unlearn or unpack amongst yourself? Or even probably like your families, how they assume, you know, assume that you're in this industry. What are some things that you have to unlearn about yourself? Uh, I mean, I just say as far as like unpacking about it, like, because I mean, when I, I've been in the industry, I guess, well, going on two years. And honestly, I didn't think I was going to be, you know, doing this, of course. So I always was a smoker, but I never thought I'd be actually working in the industry. It's kind of weird. Um, so basically when um like so i told my i told my parents whatever my mom she was like you know marijuana industry she's like nah i don't know i don't want you doing that so like things like her she to her it's dangerous it's marijuana um i'm carrying you know you know products whatever whatever so that's what you know she's thinking about but really i mean it's ran like at at the same time those risks are still there but you still have to understand too at least on this side that it's ran like you know a true business you know uh, we're not just out it's really not just out here you know i mean it is but it is like i'm not out here like yeah i'm flipping pounds i'm doing this right now like i'm i'm in a business you know i'm making you know you know selling products to um a location a dispensary a, a manager whomever so um i think people just have those different thinkings and really i mean i guess understandably so because we're still unpacking as a country um with marijuana just in general right so um i actually think it's on us now that we're growing up in this type of um environment where okay it is becoming legal across the state whether it's rec um or medical which in oklahoma is medical but still that's that's a huge step so um i think just really just like I said, providing education and really people just understand that, hey, this is a job. At least you're doing it on the, you know, the legal side. It's all the legal side. You still doing it on the black market. Yeah, of course. But this isn't this isn't that. So. And people do think, you know, I'm in a marijuana industry, you know, I got money and this and that. And it's, it's just a crazy myth. So um, it's like walling. <laughs> it's a crazy, you know, myth behind that. Like there's still a business to be ran, you know, there's probably what 15 to 20 different employees you know so it's like people think especially on the legal end like because on the streets you flip something and you're making you know you good like that's why people were selling there right you was making a lot of money in a week you were good you know you paid all the bills and you know you had a little some um, left over which i never participated in those illegal activities but um <laughs> so um so yeah like i'm saying it's like um you're, you're really just running, you know, just as a general business. It's like, it actually, just like any other business, it takes time to, um, you know, make your revenue back, whatever, not even just that, you know, you're just still building a, a regular business, so. Mm -hmm. That's that's really interesting. And one thing that I want to ask you that I wonder all the time with marijuana being a, a business that is like, you know, brand new, like a lot of laws and things going on, how would you say it compares in regulations to other businesses 
with it being like a controlled substance and stuff like that is it like a lot of like rules or stuff you have to follow to like continue growing or like what is that like are you saying like as far as regulations like within us or other people like as far as um like the the business in general like to be able to continue to have your license to grow you have to do like this that and the other like those kinds of rules that come down like Okay, so yeah, I mean, uh, Oklahoma actually has some of the most lax, you know, laws actually in the country. So, really, everybody's flocking here: California, uh, Colorado, like wherever. Like everybody's coming here because we have some of the most, which is kind of surprising, honestly. But we have some of the most relaxed laws, and not only that, like you know, the licensing uh, is really cheap compared to like in California, you know, you're, you gotta have some money to get, go get a license here at the point. I think they're about to cut it off, but you only have to have like, you know, $2,500 just for a license. And then you have to have a facility and then, you know, that's all you need. So, um, as far as, you know, the regulations, you know, you do have to have residency here too, which is why when people come from like out of state too, they try to get under, people who already have a license. So that's why you see like, a, like I don't know if you guys are familiar with the dispensary cookies, like you see that in, in California, mm-hmm. right? Now Oklahoma City has a, a cookie, actually they have two, one on the mm-hmm. south side of OKC and one on the north side of OKC. So it's like, that's how it just shows you how lax the regulations are. And I will say, I mean, it is ran very, I mean, it is ran like you gotta have, you know, specific things when you're shipping it, you gotta have certain paperwork. Um, like for me, instance, I have a transport license. So that means if I'm transporting product, you know, say I get pulled over, um, I show them that license, um, you know, and I'm good. So that kind of lets you know that, you know, the difference. If I'm caught without that, then they're just going to treat it as black market. So there are, you know, different regulate a lot of regulations that are that are put in place. <clears throat> now, do people follow them? That's, you know, if you don't, they are pretty strict about that, though. You know, if you're not, they will shut you down. So period mm. they're on that ass <laughs> don't, for real don't for slip real. up <laughs> yeah don't slip up hey we good though <laughs> so i do have a question i think it it and anybody can jump in but it more so relates to what Broyles was asking a little bit earlier do we think that there is a way to i mean and i don't know because right i don't heavily like indulge or research but when I think about like the cannabis business, I often think about, you know, like the bills that people are trying to pass or trying to decriminalize weed and we're fighting to release those people. Do we feel like there should be more of an effort in this rising of a cannabis business to work, you know, towards helping with policy or advocating for policy? Or do we feel like because now it's become such of a business that it's taken away from the fact that there are people who are doing this without government knowledge? and are now in prison for it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I do believe, and I, once again, Tyler and I were trying to talk about this a little bit before, but it's more so understanding that it's crazy how white people are in the forefront mm-hmm. of this industry. You know, when we look at um, my good sister Shikari and, you know, and the white women who, Shikari, I'm sorry, Shikari, um, just thinking about that, it's just like, wow, my people got criminalized for doing the same thing that now y'all making a profit off of. And so I actually watched this documentary on Netflix. I think it was, I don't think it's on there anymore, but it was uh, created by Snoop Dogg. And I, 
And I remember them talking about the reason why they criminalized weed because they saw how it was sort of a benefit towards black music culture. And so as anyway, they as any as anything you think about whiteness, it always try to strip away um the, the joy of black people. And so yes, it's for me it's frustrating seeing that white folks are in the forefront of this. Whereas my people are being criminalized. Now, I know some states are trying to work on um, passing different laws to lower the sentence or to get folks out of jail. But I don't know, Tyler, can you speak to that a little bit more about the policy aspect, if you are aware? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I feel like, um, I mean, honestly, I mean, anybody with a marijuana charge right now, my opinion, I just feel like it should be um, what's where I'm looking for. Um, Expunged, is that the word? Yeah, it, it expunged, um, definitely, like, it completely erased from their, you know, record, because right now, like you said, there are people profiting. Everybody's, if you're on the legal side, I mean, you're profiting, right? There's a lot more um, blacks that are locked up behind marijuana than there are whites, and then, you know, now white, a lot of predominantly, you know, white companies out here are in the marijuana industry, right? So um, there's a lot of owners out there, too, that will speak out against it and actually own a company or have an investment into it, which is kind of weird. So it's like, I mean, um, as far as, you know, the law wise, I mean, I definitely feel like it should be decriminalized. I mean, honestly, it should be, we shouldn't even be worried about marijuana. There's a lot of other things that um, needs to be worried about, especially, you know, in America right now, um, you know, so many things we can name. So marijuana and with the more, you know, we're in 2021, there's more uh, data that proves, um, you know, that it's really, you know, nothing just but a natural plant, right? Um, data that proves that people actually use it for different resources, you know, medical uses as well. Or just in general, like if I want to go have a good time and I want to, you know, go party wherever you're at, even if it wasn't legal, like I'm going to go smoke and have a good time. If I want to come home and, and relax and still be able to use it, then I, that's what I want to do it for, right? It's not on the level of crack or cocaine or anything like that. Like we know this by now. So it's like we really just need to quit wasting our time even – um, giving tickets, we just just make it legal just across the board. So, I have a quick question for for y'all because that made me think about something. Something that you just said made me think about this. So, in a lot of ways, hip hop and like the music industry has changed a lot of drugs to me or define what certain drugs mean. Like, for example, I believe it was City Girl said, uh, "I'll never snitch on you, Daddy." I'll hold a brick for you, Daddy, right? I think that they there was this glorification of being a trap queen. So my question then becomes, how do y'all think that hip-hop and, like, the music industry has put a bad, bad rep on what marijuana really is? You know, is it a bad rep, or is that just what the media made us want to think? Or I will I will further push and say hip hop is typically like a reflection of what folks are going through in their own particular community. A lot of the what the artists have rapped about is what they're going through within their own that their, their own lived experience. And I feel like a lot of their lived experiences have been dealing with systemic uh injustice. And so why do they have to move? Why did why do they have to have brick? Because typically a lot of folks live in impoverished communities in which government has, you know, put that shit in there. And so I don't think for me it's hip hop. I think it's more so of 
our world and how black folks has been impacted by a lot of these issues in which they're speaking about it. And that hip hop has been a form in which they spoke about it. So I don't blame hip hop. I blame our society. I blame our government. I blame, you know, the different system of oppression. And so, yes, it's um, JT or the City Girls are speaking about that. That may be her lived experience due to the fact that this is like the, the space that she occupied. This is the space that she's grown up in. And so I, to me, I, I will re, reword that question, rephrase that question and not necessarily blaming hip hop. Because hip hop has always been a way in which people just spoke about their living. When you think about Tupac, when you think about Biggie, you know, Hell Tyler, we talk about this a lot, like hip hop in the way that it is just the lived experience of black people. And so I don't blame hip hop for me per se. And that's just how I, so it's just, I was just reworded that question, but I don't blame hip hop. I will push back. I, I, I don't blame hip hop as an institution within itself though, but if we we act like hip hop is oblivious to all those things that you name, I think that that plays a part in this kind of modernity of like, oh, this is just how it is, right? I think that when we think about how the narrative is pushed, the, the rappers, the singers, all those people have healthcare, right? Or if not, they don't have healthcare, they're able to afford healthcare if they're doing things that are elevated of marijuana, they know where to get those things. They don't have to worry about it. Whereas the people that are actually listening to their music don't have access to it. Like you're saying. And I think that it, it only takes like one of them to say, like, if you're struggling with this, here's where it is for people to listen, just like they listen to their music. And I, I don't blame hip hop as an institution, but I do think it has its feet in pushing, right? these oppressive systems and not necessarily helping, but I don't think that it's like harming, but I don't think it's helping. So I can't mm -hmm. blame them, but I wouldn't rephrase the question because I think we have to think critically, right? And I think that, you know, while the city girls are <laughs> saying that because of the space that they're in, they're no longer in that space. They're not in a space of the poverty they were in, right? So them rapping about it now and them, you know, slaying bricks or whatever the case may be is different from what they're doing now. And now mm -hmm. they they can go and get, go to the nearest hospital if something happens, whereas before they might not, and it was a life or death situation that they had to be in. Now they're rapping about an experience they no longer live, and they're influencing the girls that live there who don't have health care, who don't have the money. So we have to be cognizant of that. I also just want to say, and I do know the city girls are talking about cocaine. Oh, yeah. I'm like, how do we get your cocaine? Marijuana. Well, that's I why I said. But, but then that's why. The can on I also. Internet. Right. But then I also, you know, and I, another way I would ask the question is like, how is hip hop having an influence on cannabis culture? Now that, you know, Jay-Z or even Beyonce has this bro talking about smoking weed. I wonder how the individual, yes, it has been legalized, I mean, uh, legalized in the past, but now that folks are, especially hip hop, um, Snoop Dogg, they're starting to create these spaces which hip hop, they have these conversations. How is that going to influence the way in which we all consume cannabis? And I know, Carl, you kind of have some background because you've been working with some people. Yeah, so I work with a couple cannabis brands um, or have worked with a couple cannabis brands before. And one thing I will say, they are desensitizing the ways in which we consider 
or think about cannabis culture. But I will also say that um, I think I'm a bit more critical to the most well-known cannabis brands like the Monograms, that's Jay-Z's company. And I think the ways in which it attaches itself to, because our last episode was actually about elitism, elitism. So the way in which it attaches itself to um, this idea that anyone who partakes in monogram cannabis is by the, like, therefore better than or greater than or, you know, high class. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, but yeah, that's my two cents. Nick? So I, I do want, I, I kind of want to shift the conversation a little bit because, again, as I not necessarily know and I don't indulge, I don't even know what to look for. Um, I, I want to tap back into something we were talking about earlier with Shakari, and they were talking about with her use of marijuana versus, uh, I think it was Megan Rappenhoe and her wife or something like that. They were using CBD. I, I want to know, you know, the education aspect and the difference between THC and CBD, uh, Tyler, but also, you know, how do we even, like, is marijuana made? Like, you know, talk a little bit about that and the growing part and the process. Yeah, so, like, and I'm not, like, there's a lot to them. Like I said, I'm still learning, too. Like, there's, I can't grow weed. Like, if I grew weed, I, I would make no money. So there's a lot that, like, goes into it, too, that, like I said, that I've learned. So, like, CBD and uh, THC um, it's actually grown, like, the same exact way. Um, the only difference is it's just they cut CBD um, a little bit shorter um, before actually the THC is, you know, um, takes into effect, basically. So it all really comes from the same plant. Like if you a lot of CBD smells just like weed and looks just like weed. And so even some THC, um, THC flower is strictly or is strictly THC, but sometimes it might have a percentage of CBD, which is good like people like that because not only do you have the THC effects but you have a little bit of CBD that goes in there as well and as we're to the CBD it only has like 0.2 percent of THC which you know won't get you high necessarily like THC does so that's pretty much you know like I said they're pretty much growing growing the same way I literally never knew that they were the same plant like me neither yeah mine literally i thought they were like two like totally different plants because that's like because you know tac got like the the psychoactive with the physiological whatever the fuck and then like cbd is like just like the the physical part of it so i was like oh these got to be two completely different things and they're literally not yeah it's it's two i mean like i said it's basically all in one it just depends on how you how you get in so um, I guess just to touch on too, like CBD still, like I've actually crazily brought up CBD too, because like I've never smoked CBD until like probably early this year. I never even tried it, but I tried it and I was like, it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't get you high, but you definitely, you can tell the effect that it does have on you and which I actually liked. Um, and so I would always like recommend, you know, CBD as well, um, because it's just, I don't know, you really just have to try it, but it does like, you know, it's more healing um, and things like that. And CBD, actually, the CBD market makes more money than the THC market by, that. like, by a lot. They have beverages. Yeah. In, yeah, I believe that. Yeah. And one thing I know, I noticed a lot is that 
um, a lot of places that are just either medically legal for marijuana or like completely not legal, they'll still have like places that sell smoke shops that sell CBD. Yeah, and I noticed that. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of. Yeah, like we we have a, a line of a CBD. Like we can go sell it, you know, in the smoke shop. Like you said, you can pretty much buy CBD anywhere. Like people ship CBD from state to state. Um, you can't do that with THC. Yeah, I noticed <clears> that <throat> when I was. In, oh, go ahead, Carl. I was gonna just say I just wanted to share a high thought that I think was very relevant to what we're talking about the Please. ways in which we desensitize weed because i just thought about it like a baby weed flower which is like a vegetable it is cbd and then it becomes marijuana stay with me stay with me <laughs> but then an egg becomes a chicken so it's like it's the ways in which you think about food and how food is this way when it's younger then it's another name when it's older. It made me think about CBD and T. I was gonna get there. All right, go but, ahead. But you, log you know out what I me. think of more often though? What the came egg. first, the chicken or the egg? Who knows? Who knows? Well, <laughs> does the fish know that they are wet? <laughs> <laughs> Is water wet? Mm. Who knows? Don't start. <laughs> <laughs> That's like that damn dress trend. If the dress was this color or that color, I was just like, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Um, I had a question for the group. It was about to be a good group. one too. It was. Oh, I'll make a, make a statement because I was thinking more of like the CBD aspect. I remember I was in state college at Penn State and I went in the smoke shop. And they had CBD, and I'm just like, not they really selling weed on a college campus. Mm -hmm. But then now I'm knowing that it's not really weed. I mean, it's weed, but it's not really weed. Am I right or am I wrong? Like, I mean, I just imagine if I was I mean, in college I would... and they had CBD. I mean, they were selling weed on college campus anyway. But just imagine, like, they actually had legal. I just think about kids now, or not kids, but students now in college. Or just kids at a younger age who now we have they have a lot of access to weed due to one cannabis industry and um and dispensaries and i just think wow i kind of got in the game late so yeah but did i don't you... know something oh go ahead i'm just saying i just kind of got in the game late so i just think about what if i was really consuming it at a younger age right and i'm trying to notice a lot of like even high school students not to say that that's the new thing because folks have probably been doing that even buying it from the drug dealer down the street, but it's just thinking about that as well. Yeah, and I was I I also was reading though that like even though people have access to it, like say kids who've been using medical marijuana since eighteen, in certain college campuses they don't consider it medical, so you're not allowed to bring it. Like you can bring it with you, but you have to smoke it outside of your dorm, and it's not even allowed inside of the dorm. So mm -hmm. I think about that like how much more like what would what would cause for an epiphany that it's because like they legalize it for medicinal purposes but it's only for certain medicinal purposes like you can only like if i'm having a severe reaction right like some people use it for a certain thing and now i gotta go to my car to get my weed but my reaction happened in my room what do i do like what how like what will it take for people to really consider this as a medical option a medical remedy for things because now it kind of seems like yeah 
we were letting people do it now for medical purposes, but there's like a caveat on what the medical purpose is. And I'm like, mm-hmm. but if for someone it really is a life or death situation, them not being able to bring it into the workplace, that's not, you're not really considering yeah. it as medical. And you know what? And it, I had an experience when I was on a bus. Um, I was actually at UCL. I was on a bus and this, this one white girl, and you could tell she'd been in the, she's in the cannabis industry, but she had the the um, the medical lotion, like the weed lotion. Mm. And she was to put that mug on, on the bus and and I'm over here like sniffing like, ooh, not somebody <laughs> got that the stuff on the bus, but then I realized she had the lotion. And so can that I just think about like, is that a bad thing? I mean, and also like if we do have that they have that in those spaces, how will it affect the surroundings of other students in that dorm or on the hall, resident hall, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And so it it is something that I think it should be open, but also should be regulated in some sense. But who am I? I mean, I don't. Have, I don't. <laughs> no, but I I agree. I think that you know, in the work sense, like, I mean, well, let's back up a little bit. People think that, like, I'm now I'm switching to cigarettes. People think nicotine does what it's supposed, what it doesn't do, which is like a whole nother conversation for another time. But like, for instance, if somebody has medical marijuana and they're like, all right, I need to step out for a second and smoke. And they come back to work, like some people can function, right? But some people cannot function. But where we want to regulate that, but people who go and chain smoke outside with nicotine and they calm down, but really they're, it actually does the opposite. We're not regulating that. So mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying, but I feel like if, if this is really going to be for a medical purpose, I feel like however that person needs to indulge in it is appropriate. Whereas people are using, uh, nicotine for no medical purpose and for its opposite purpose, really, and they 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 get to use it for whatever they want. Interesting. No, that's real. Yeah, I mean, that's you guys brought up brought up you know two good points. Um, I mean, I say with that, it's just more again, just for one, you know, uh, the federal part because it's still legal federally, right? So, you know, people still felt like. When it becomes recreational across the country, we're probably going to see like Walmart, you know, right, is going to have it or something like that. You know, there's still going to be regulations, but at that point when it's rec, it's still going to be controlled, but it's going to be, it's just going to be like different. Like right now, medical marijuana is still, it's still different times. Like it's, it's actually kind of crazy to even say, you know, we have it here. So I just think when it even becomes rec, then you, ha- you don't have those companies that are worrying about the federal laws anymore because that's really the, the main thing is just the federal part. So once that's not in the way, you know, anymore, I think that would change the scope of a lot of things just in, just in general. That's real. That's real. Now, can I kind of like liven it up a little bit? I want to ask a question that I think I, I asked earlier this, over the weekend. We are you okay with smoking around like for your for your future kids? You know, if you imagine that you know we're all gonna have kids in the future, knock on wood. You know, if you whatever whatever your future yeah, gonna be go. looking like, whatever your future <laughs> gonna be looking like. But like, how do you feel about like? Will you be okay with smoking around your kid if you do to if you do smoke? How how do you, what would that process look like for you? Jermaine, I know you want to have kids in the future. So what what is, what would that look like for you? Can I add a can I add a point to that? Oh. Because I feel like the some people's answers are going to be like, but it depends where it comes from. 
sometimes but also like i feel like we have to also add a question don't let me forget do we care where we get it from now and i want to go back to that because is it i want to know if it's anti-black to support white dispensaries but but go ahead and answer the question jermaine go ahead and answer the question but i was on top of my mind yeah sure um i mean like for me like gonna start off at like the next one you know i would not mind it being bought from someone that they trust i mean you know if we're being real like i think when i go to the store it is a different level of like convenience and also you know however you want to frame it but like a different level of trust because the the facts of what i'm about to buy and smoke is like right there in front of me so that part is is a plus for me so i think about that often but that down dialing it back to the original question around my kids i probably um will smoke in front of them after like a certain age like like if, if it's like a 17 18 year old like upwards of like 16 plus like then i think that i'll be lax but um but before that it'll it'll probably be like as much as, as i can control loki like a limited vision of them like seeing me high seeing me smoking like that is not something that i necessarily want until after they are um old enough however you want to define that to understand like the levels and like the the all of the information that is behind just like being high yeah i would i would agree as well um and this like and what i was saying earlier like you know we're in different times now too so it's like now like my for instance my sister um she has a daughter as well and she smokes around her so um my but she does tell her you know it's her she tells her it's her medicine you know but she's yeah, like yeah. you're she's like it's a. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's all you need to know. Like she don't know nothing else. And if she does, if she is doing it, you know, uh, she's she's in the back room, you know. Uh, my sister's either chilling in the living room, you know, she's about to doing her thing. But um, I think she said her point of doing that too as well, because she's she's gonna grow up, you know, within it and around it as well. So which kind of made sense as well. But for for me personally, I mean, um, I think at a certain age, like you were saying, uh, for sure. I don't know, you know, if I do have that whenever I do have kids, you know, I don't know if I just want to light up a blunt right there in front of them, you know, just kind of ease them, you know, step by step in, into it. Yeah. 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 Cause I, I feel the same way. Cause I was, my response for more of like, I wouldn't smoke with them. Definitely not until they're probably like 21. At least so you, if you can't get in a club and have a drink with me, then you can't smoke with me. That's how, that's how I'm thinking. Um, but I'm also more of like, I want to have that conversation with them at about marijuana at an earlier age, because if I'm not talking to them about it, how are they going to know about it? They're going to know about it in the school, the um, industry, uh, music, television, all those type of things. And so I would smoke around them, you know, I think about that, but not to a point where I'm like, it's probably like late at night type of thing, more of like a late about you, you on the bed type of thing. <laughs> but who knows? I may not have kids. I may have kids. Who knows? I think it kind of it will happen as I start to have kids. Because we say this now with not having kids. But over time, you're going to be like, oh, no, not my baby. Smelling like weed. Now he's going to the daycare smelling like weed. In the car smelling like weed. 
Right. And how, do you, and how do you balance that? I think that would be my only struggle, right? Like, as we watch mm-hmm. Carl incinerate all his clothes, how do we balance our two-year-old daughter walking into the daycare possibly smelling? And it's not that it's a bad thing, right? Because for some people it is their medicine. And for some people it is you know, a recreational and is illegal in that state to be recreational. So you can't down anybody for that. But at the same time, those children are going to get looks and little Cece's over here smelling like she smoked six Newports. Like, but we're not worried. About, <laughs> but we're not worried about that. We're not worried about that. And that's my issue. Like, I don't understand why we're not worried about what, what them inhaling that secondhand smoke of something that is proven to harm not only the children, but the 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 parent or whoever's smoking it, but we're worried about, oh, well, you smell like marijuana. I'm going to call your mother. But it's like, first of all, mind your business. And second of all, she smells like crown. Like, what are we worried about yeah. here? We're not, we're never worried about the alcoholics and we're never worried about the, the nicotine abusers, but we're worried about people who smoke weed. I think that's the only thing I hate about smoking weed is you smell like it. I like I I'm like do they have some scent free weed? Is that a new thing, Tyler? Do we need to go ahead and I think that could be a do rag no, thing. I like eventually I don't wanna smoke like at all. I just wanna like still partake in cannabis, but in other ways. And I feel like in terms of like the whole smelling like weed or can be, I feel like people could just get over it. But um, that's also wrong of me to think that because it's impeding on they what they got to smell and stuff. But I feel like certain weed actually smell pretty good to me. Yeah, but most keep in mind, too, like, I guess like that's still a good point. Most or not most, but a lot of people, you know, especially like these older folks out here, they buy like edibles. You see over there like, you know, you're, you know, whoever like. The people that you see walking in these dispensaries is really people you would never think they would be walking in these dispensaries. So it's like, and most of these people, I, I'll sit in dispensaries all day. So these people is coming here and buying edibles because what? They don't want to smell like weed or they might not even like to smoke, right? I mean, some people like edibles, whatever, vapes. But I think the edibles too plays into a, a big factor here too as well because a lot of people don't just want to you know, light up and smoke. So what are they going to do? They're going to grab, you know, some 10 milligram edibles and be good. And do be good. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So my life question that I have, and then I can be done talking for today. Um, what do y'all prefer for those who do smoke? Edibles or actual, like a blunt, an ale? What do y'all prefer? I mean, me, I, I am a uh, bowls all the way. I like always a bowl, always a bong, some sort of uh, glass pipe material. Um, and I'm going to just leave that there. I would say for me, it's, uh, well, I used to work because I used to smoke uh, blunts or like to, you know, uh, you know, swishers or whatever, but I actually probably last like three, I don't know, three, four years, I actually started using papers because um, it's more like natural, um, which no against, uh, nothing against people that smoke, you know, the swishers or whatever. Um, but uh, for me, I just like to be natural and 
you can even buy even nowadays, you know, hemp wrap, and it looks just like a uh, looks just like a Swisher, feels just like a Swisher. You <laughs> say you got the Swisher sweets. <laughs> um, you know, so me, I mean, I'm kind of diverse. I'll say, you know, sometimes I just most times I'm just smoking flour um, or one of my uh, vape carts. Um, sometimes, you know, I might hit, you know, a dab or two. I, I don't do it often because it puts me to sleep. So I just kind of started getting into like the dabs and all of that. Too much THC, like edibles, really just KO me. It's over. <laughs> so I try to keep the balance, you know. Some people can take edibles all day. I can't do it. So for me, like I said, it's just, uh, I guess, a smoking factor. <clears throat> I would say I am more of a flower type of girl. You know, I like the process of rolling. I think for me, it's a very... It, to me, it's a very physical process. It's like when you have your headphones in, you have your music, and then you just rolling. Like, you just in your own zone. And I've gotten to a point where, like, I've even prayed over my weed. I prayed over, like, um, like that that process. And actually, actually, like, an actual thing. Like, people actually do that uh, more within the African spiritual, spirituality um, in which they will pray over um, their weed. And so I just like that process. So I prefer flour and like rolling up. Um, now I do I do want to switch over more to like utilizing paper more, but it's like you gotta stack it in there. It's just a, a longer process, and it's just yeah. Cap, me. but cap. Edibles are cool as well. <laughs> edibles are cool. Edible <laughs> edible gets you there though. That's what I like about edible. It gets you there. But Carl, what you think, Carl? I like stuff that get me high, like anything with cannabis right now. I don't think they answered the question. I All thought right. that show was talking about our preference of one bud over the other, right? No? No. Um, Where have you been? The the apparatus, sweetie. How how do you end up? Oh. Anything that get me high. <laughs> All right, next All question. Right. Thank you. Tamika. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody get him, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, Tyler. Well, we appreciate you. Um, do you let the people know where you know where to follow you, how they can find out about more of um of your business. Sure, yeah, you can follow me um at T underscore Davis underscore, uh, or you can type in DJ Ethics. Um, and then I have like all my stuff in my bio as well. Um, yeah, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, uh, Tyler Davis as well. So appreciate you guys for having me. Yes, thank you for joining us. Yes, we so appreciate it. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right, y'all, to wrap up, I know we all high, probably, you know, just on some good topics, but. Um, as we continue to unlearn and decolonize the way that we, as the black community, engages with my girl, Mary Jane, either for med- medical and or recreational use, it is also important to handle it with great care. So please continue to educate yourself and also check your products because y'all know the folks be out here lacing shit. So check your shit. But overall, Tyler, thank you so much. Y'all, thank you so much for, you know, providing this space for us to talk about this because oftentimes, where else do we get to talk about weed? in a comfortable space anyway moving forward continue to follow us stay in contact with us if you have any questions hit us up 
have any topics that you want to listen to want us to talk about let us know on the gram slide in my dms it is what it is y'all have a great week love you much love take care of yourself bye bye